We're six years old. Look at us go, right? Man, I was telling someone, you know, today, it's like, man, we're six years old. We've been in like five different locations, new buildings. We've launched two or three times. You know, don't come to Banner if you want a boring church. That's all I'm saying. I'm a... I'm definitely going to trip over this, so I'm going to move this back even farther. I'm sorry. Can we, can we do this this morning? Can we thank our tech team this morning? We were joking this week. We're like, man, we have never really had a pretty big uh, tech failure, and uh, I don't believe in jinxing anything, but I do believe in the devil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, all kidding aside, our tech team does such an incredible job making it happen here and, and doing all that. So I loved it. You guys, you made it work, and that's so cool. Uh, but this morning, yes, it is our sixth birthday. We're so excited about the future of Banner Church. I just want to say welcome again. If I haven't met you, my name's Josh. I'm the lead pastor here at Banner Church. Yes, it's it's. Man, it's gonna be a good day. The ladies came back fired up with the with the word of the Lord from their from their weekend. I love that. I just love what God's been doing. And this month we're in our Kingdom Builder series. And when you go out today, you're gonna be given one of these cards. It says Kingdom Builders. And it's got a little QR code on the back. And this is because we want to continue to share what God is doing in our above and beyond generosity campaign. So at Banner Church, we talk about giving and tithing. Tithing is a biblical principle practiced uh, in the church and amongst believers. But we also believe in going above and beyond. We see that reflected in Acts, uh, in, in the Word of God, in the heart of God, to go above and beyond and to really see the gospel expanded beyond uh, the tithe, which which cares for the body of Christ and the needs of benevolence and ministries and all of those things, but to go above and beyond to see great things in the kingdom. Amen. And so if you uh, get one of these, everyone's going to get one of these just to be praying about together. It says, pray, commit, and be faithful, because as a church, we all make in November a commitment to, to give towards the future of kingdom builders, but it's not blind. We write down what and, and, and go through what the projects are that we'll be giving towards. So global missions and missions partners, local outreach and local partners, which you'll hear from in a second, and then future church expansion, of which last year was about acquiring a building. So because you guys were faithful and gave, we were able to acquire a building. Amen. And some people have asked me and said, okay, does that mean this year is about giving to finish the building. And I want to say, no, because we were able to sell our old building, the funds from that go towards the finishing of this building. But we needed funds to acquire a building and have a down payment and pay an architect and go through permitting. And because you gave, we were able to do that. So this year for Future Church Expansion, we have a Spanish discipleship program because the neighborhood that we're so blessed to be a part of is increasingly uh, Spanish-speaking, predominantly Spanish-speaking. And we want to really... Uh, lock arms with our neighbors and love them towards Christ. And so we're, we're launching a ministry as part of Future Church Expansion with the goal of having a service, but our, our main goal is discipleship. We're all about discipleship here at Banner Church. So when you leave, would you guys just do me a favor, grab one of these, take it home, scan the code, read, you know, the, not only to celebrate what God has done, but believing what God's going to do, and then uh, just be praying over this as a family or as an individual. Take time with the Lord. Don't just throw it in your car and forget about it, really been praying about this because we have seen just radical moves for the kingdom of God because people's generosity doesn't matter. doesn't matter what that number is for you. It's just the generosity of our heart. We've seen God move. Amen. 
Well, this morning, I want to invite up one of the ministries that, that we uh, are, have been supporting. And Ty Russell, he's not able to be here this morning, is one of our awesome uh, members of the Banner family. And, and he's like, hey, man, we, he heard that we're talking about serving. And he heard we're talking about ministry. And he's like, you got to have him come. I was like, that's a great idea. So this is an incredible ministry. Would you welcome with me Teen Challenge up to this stage this morning to share? Good morning. Thank you so much, Pastor Josh, and thank you, Banner Church. Thank you for your giving to things like Kingdom Builders. Teen Challenge is a ministry that is mostly dependent on people like you for hearts for others and, and are willing to give individually or as a church um, and other businesses come alongside us and support us and so we are just so very grateful for for you and those that support us um, we pray for you guys uh, each day we have a list in our fellowship hall of supporters for that day of about 30 individuals churches organizations that we pray for throughout the day and it is such a blessing uh, Teen Challenge is a Christ-centered discipleship program, and we minister mostly to individuals with life-controlling issues. A lot of times that's drugs, alcohol, could be gambling, could be pornography, could be just not knowing how to live life in this post-pandemic crazy world that we're in. Whatever it looks like, we're going to come alongside you, love on you, and figure out how to do life with you. We have five centers throughout the state of Arizona. We have three men's centers. We have uh, a women and women with children center, and we have an adolescent teenage ladies center. Uh, we uh, minister to uh, pretty much anyone we can, whether that be in our program or whether that be connected to some of our events that we do in our outreach, in partnering with local churches that do outreaches. I love this video we saw about this toy giveaway outreach. I can get behind pretty much any outreach that has donuts connected to it. <laughs> okay, any outreach, but donuts, I mean, come on. Uh, I, I do have some gentlemen up here. They're going to uh, give their testimonies in, in just a little bit, but I did want to just throw out a little bit of plug to you. We have our fall banquets coming up on the 16th and the 17th. And if you're interested in learning more about Teen Challenge and hearing some awesome testimonies, hearing these men sing in a choir with the rest of the state of Arizona, that's one of the things we don't put in our application, that if you come to Teen Challenge, you're in the choir. They just find that out. <laughs> but they, it's just awesome because God just does a work in their heart and uh, you can just see that come through in the way that they minister and bless in that way. So uh, please, after the service, meet us out at the table out there and we'll give you information about that or about anything else connected to Teen Challenge. But that's enough from me. I'm gonna have these men here come and just give you some uh, taste of what's been going on in their life and uh, what they're learning at Teen Challenge. Good morning. My name is Bernie. Uh, before coming to Teen Challenge, my life was very chaotic. 
Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. You know, drugs and alcohol have always been uh, around me ever since I was a child. Um, I started using drugs at the age of 10. By the time I was 13, I was already going to getting arrested. Um, you know, I grew up in a gang, get into a lot of trouble. Just a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt uh, growing up. Um, just drugs was my escape. Drug was my go-to uh, at a very young age. And it just caused, uh, caused me to go in and out of jail as a juvenile, as an adult. Um, that's, that's all I cared about was using drugs and just trying to make myself feel better. Um, the, this last time in 2016 was the last time I went to prison. And I was in there, you know, for about five years, five and a half years. But uh, it was different while I was in there. You know, I, I found the Lord while I was in there. I gave my life to God and, and, and I... <clears throat> I just, I just started seeing what he was doing inside my heart, what he was doing from my mind. But uh, when I was released from prison, I, uh, I let one little setback. I wasn't ready yet. I let a little setback uh, lead me right back out to using drugs again. And uh, that's when I came to Teen Challenge. And uh, I did not want to be there. It was, it was a hard thing to do. But... Uh, Little by little, God started chipping away all the hurt that I had in my heart. He just started working on me and working on me, working on me. He started changing the way the way I think. And, and it's still it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle. You know, I completed Teen Challenge. I completed it. And I graduated. And I went back out on the street. I thought I was ready. I didn't listen to God. He wanted me to stay. But, I, I you know, I, I was used to serving myself, using do, doing things my way. And so I went out there and tried again. And I fell again. But I knew I had a place to go to where, where I was loved, where I would get no judgment, where I knew I can get that relationship with God uh, fixed again, where I can get it right again. And uh, so today, uh, God is, is, like I said, I've been serving my life. Uh, I've been serving myself my whole life. I had nothing, nobody mattered, nothing else mattered. But uh, today, I'm learning how to be a servant to others, to those around me, whether it just be uh, doing a chore that nobody else wants to do, just picking up after you know, whatever it is. Um, just, just learning how to look at everybody equally, how to, how to be, um, um, how to understand everybody else's needs. And, uh, you know, I'm not there yet. Uh, Philippians 3.13 says, um, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but one thing I focus on is forgetting the past and, and looking forward to what lies ahead. And I, I, I no longer, I no longer uh, allow my past to uh, determine who I am today. I know who my identity is in Christ today. And I just got to thank God and Teen Challenge for that. And, uh, praise God. Uh, Bernie told me something just a couple weeks ago that just blew my mind. That uh, just a couple weeks ago, his probation officer told him that he had fulfilled his obligation to the state and he was putting in his report to close that out. And, and when that happens, that will be the first time that he has not been either in jail, in prison, or on probation. <laughs> since he was 13 years old. Mm. Amen. Well, that's enough. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. My name is Brian. Uh, I'm 22 years old, and 
I came to Cheen Challenge from Mojave County Jail, Kingman, Arizona, and I was in there for about four and a half months. Um, but prior to all of this, my alcohol and drug addiction started when I was 16 and kind of got worse progressively over time. And uh, I struggled with bullying a lot in high school and uh, trying to fit in with the crowds that I thought were the popular people or the cool people or, you know, I always strive to, to be like them. And uh, they were always partying and hanging out at their houses, doing drugs. And so I ended up becoming a part of that scene to try to fit in with these kids. And slowly I started to isolate myself from them, but the drugs and alcohol followed and I became a closet drinker and drugger and just got myself slowly into more and more trouble, DUI. I drove off a cliff um, probably about a year and a half ago now, two years ago, and got ejected through my windshield and lost both or all four of my front teeth. They are, you know, implants. And uh, that wasn't enough, you know, so I fixed my car. And as soon as I fixed my car, I took it back out, got a, you know, handle of alcohol and started drinking and driving again and uh, did the same thing two weeks later. Drove off into a ravine, hit a bunch of boulders and uh, had some people in my car. You know, thank God they were okay. But, uh, you know, still that wasn't enough. And so it just, it kept going on and on from there. And, you know, I grew up in a home where, you know, my parents were Christian. My parents had been married 24 years, you know, and they, I, you know, I, I was blessed to have the family life and the life that I had growing up. And uh, I neglected to, to care. I, I, didn't, I didn't see what my parents were trying to show me, what my parents were trying to teach me. So I grew apart from my family. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just remember sitting down in, in jail and there was this kid talking about this rehab program. And I've been through several rehabs already. I've been through four or three. And this is my fourth, but, um, you know, I heard this kid talking about Teen Challenge, Teen Challenge, and I'm like, oh, what's that, you know? And uh, he had gone through the program, and he had kind of explained it to me, and so I called my mom, hey, you know, let's check this out. So we checked it out, and uh, this guy Daniel, our intake coordinator, calls me, and he prays over me, and my family kind of explains the, the program, and I just, I fell into tears, and I knew exactly in that moment, I knew right there in that moment that that was God calling me to Teen Challenge. And um, it, it's been nothing nothing short of a blessing. I mean, I've gotten closer to my family. I've got my family back in my life. My sister goes to GCU. I'm able to see her and talk to her now. My grandfather, I'm becoming closer to him. Um, he had a stroke from Vietnam War, and, and we're not sure how much time he has left in his life, but I'm, you know, closer to him again, all my other family members, and, uh, you know, Serving is something that I never really thought I would be doing. You know, I never thought I'd be serving other people in a good, positive way. You know, whether in the past it was selling drugs or, you know, I thought that was serving them. You know what I mean? And, you know, coming into Teen Challenge, knocking, we go on door to door and we knock on people's doors and we explain the program to them. And, you know, we ask for donations. And I never saw myself doing that. You know, I never saw myself helping out other guys around, you know, our, our center, whether it be with a pair of clothes or a pair of shoes or whatever it is, you know, just different ways of, of helping out. I never saw myself doing, and uh, I'm very grateful, and that's about it. So. Amen. Thank you. 
All right, we'll squeak in one more here. Come on, man. How's it going, everybody? How are you guys doing today? Hey. All right, all right. My name is John Hayes. I'm 22. You know, I graduated high school, got my diploma. I said a, G a GED. What is that, you know? I wanted to strive. I wanted to be a scholar. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a lawyer. You know, I didn't see myself falling down the drug path. I didn't see myself, you know, suffering from family loss or drug addiction or alcoholism. I look in the mirror every day. I'm a handsome young man. The ladies love my smile. <laughs> I said not to get big-headed, but I, I, I said to myself, I said, where's my wife? Where's my family? Where's my house? But God said, what have you done for that? You know, what, what have you showed me that you deserve that? And I said, oh, my goodness. I don't even know the Bible like I thought I knew the Bible. I say all the time in Genesis, we're 800, 907 years old in the beginning, but he takes his years away because we're not living righteous by the commandments. And I'm like, oh, I get it. We're not worthy as a nation, so you take the years away. All right, so it's my discipleship to help lead and guide. Okay, so I'm right here to Teen Challenge by Mr. Doug right here. Save my life, man. Street to street to street to corner. I'm not even a, a thug kid, if you will. No disrespect. And I'm just, you know, in confusion and, and under uh, a lack of understanding as to Where's my direction? Where where am I headed in life? What am I going to do? I graduated, got straight A's, you know, almost scholarships, you know, wrestled for seven years, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, you know, uh, teacher's pet, class clown, you know, all I do is laugh, laugh, laugh. And so what can I do with that, you know? We come to Team Challenge, we, we do chores, we do good things. We we give mile markers to the future residents and the people that reside. We we allow them to feel relief. We don't want them to, you know, have sorrow and sympathy. We take it away from them. We give them joy, we give them positivity and smiles on their faces. He changed my life so much, man. I remember laying every day on the street, man, going to sleep, going to sleep. Where do I where do I cast the wind away from me this time? Where do I make sure nobody steals my stuff? Well, if they need it more than I do, who cares, right? <laughs> but it's only material stuff, you know, so. I value the time that he's given me, and I evaluate my brothers and my sisters here tonight, you know, or this morning, this evening, because, you know, every day is not promised, but it's a good one every day because it always has a new beginning, and I just love it. Only only verse I've ever memorized from the Bible, and I've been reading it not for some time, but just for a little bit, is Proverbs, and it says, uh, do not be wise in your own belief, Proverbs 3 of 7, do not be wise in your own belief, but fear the fear God and flee from the devil. And I look at myself and I say, am I doing that? And he says, now read the rest of the Bible and you'll be doing that. So amen, amen. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Amen. And I do want to put a little shout out to Ty Russell. He has been such a blessing to us. Amen. He's, he's been serving at our center for a number of years in different capacities and been a really good friend to me and encourager to me. Even this weekend, uh, he was loving on one of uh, my staff and their family in a very special way that's going to make a, a lot of good family memories for them. So we're just so blessed for that relationship. So thank you for this time. Thank you all. God bless you. Can we just thank Teen Challenge one more time for being with us, all these guys here? Man, I got to say, you guys are just worshipers, and uh, you just need to come every week because just, I told the team, I was like, you guys know Teen Challenge shows up, they're going to worship the Lord, so it's so good. Um, 
I love, you know, again, as we're in this Kingdom Builders Month, I, I just, I love hearing about what God is doing in different ministries. And and I say this, and we, we bring great ministries, not because we're like, you got to do this, one more thing to do, busy, 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 but because we always want to provide opportunity to really be a part of what God's doing. And this is such an incredible ministry, and they have a table out there. When you go out, um, they have a table set up. And if any part of you wants to just discover more, then I really want to encourage you to just have a conversation and hear about Teen Challenge and what they do. I think it's easy to write things off before we even hear, before we pray, before we give God space to speak to us. And so I always encourage people, just go and listen. You're like, I'm too busy, I can't. Yeah, but just go, just hear, listen, learn, grow. That's what we're, that's what we're about, right? Um, but I want to encourage you, when we talk about serving, and whether it's serving at Teen Challenge or serving at, at, at Banner Church or serving uh, in our outreaches, whatever it might be, I want to encourage you that, that the reason that we highlight serving is not to give a greater burden by any means, but to unlock and to release a blessing that comes from God. I don't know if you knew this, but serving is a blessing. Serving aligns us with the heart of God. It's truly, truly the, the, the moment when we are most like Christ. And so it's the moment that we are truly, truly blessed. The world, the world has this mentality of, you know, I, I have to serve. I have to do this. There's this compulsion or requirement to doing anything of care or good. Or, you know, it's got to be for us almost in a way. But the kingdom looks at serving so different. The kingdom and the kingdom of God and people with kingdom-minded approaches to life look at serving as saying, I'm blessed to serve. And at Banner Church, we always say we're blessed to serve. We, it is a blessing to us to serve in God's kingdom and what he's doing. The goal is not to be busy, but we will be occupied with some business, right? Better to be the father's business than earthly business. Better to be the good things of the kingdom than just the random temporal things of the earth. I want to read a scripture to you real quick this morning. We've already heard such great testimony of what the Lord does, but I'll read a scripture to you out of Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. The words will be on this little screen. Uh, if you can't see it, I'm going to read them, so don't worry. It says this, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in the kingdom. And Jesus answered, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we're able. He said to him, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant. For it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. It says, and when the 10, meaning there's these two disciples whose mom is asking for something for him, the other guys, <laughs> the other 10, says, when the 10 heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. He says, it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And who would ever be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Yeah, that's, you can clap for scripture. That's good. You know, my daughter, she is, uh, she's in dance. And I had heard about dance moms 
but I had not heard about Dance Moms until I went to my very first ever dance recital. And what I learned is everyone else is taking this way more seriously than I was. <laughs> they had shirts printed with the child's name and info. They had matching hair. The moms had matching hair with the child. I tried, but I can't do braids. Um, they were really rough. Um, but they were, they were matching. They had a cheering section. They were doing, as they're watching their kids, they were working out the routine for them. Like, come on, Brittany, or whatever, you know, Brittany with three E's now. It's like, and they're doing the dance routine, and it's all these motions, right? And, uh, and I, it's amazing. And, and what I see in the dance mom circle is very ambitious moms wanting things for their kids. And so I get that as a parent, right? I, I don't apologize for being a parent that wants good things for their kids. And so I'm there a little bit too, like, yeah, sing it, yeah, do your thing. I'll be a dance dad, no shame. I don't care. I'm here for my kids. I only get one shot, right? So you can just picture me there doing my routines um, because I'm ambitious. So I get what the mom of the sons of Zebedee is saying here and that she wants her sons to be great. Says, Jesus, you've been talking a lot about this kingdom so who's great in this kingdom? How does this kingdom work? Because every kingdom on earth has a hierarchy. What is your hierarchy? And can my sons have that, please? Bold. I kind of respect it. But if you remember when, what we talked about last week, Jesus' focus has always been about kingdom greatness. That kingdom greatness is above earthly greatness, but it looks different, way different than earthly greatness. And so he says, if you want to be great, right? He says to the disciples, if you want to be great, you must be a servant. If you want to be first, you must be a slave. That is a wild thing to tell somebody who's looking to be great. Because nowhere in human history, as far as social and political hierarchy, are slaves at the top of the political hierarchy, right? So he's saying something that is going to get people to go, wait, what? That is different than what we know. Right? He's saying in the world, the Gentiles, right? He's saying everyone in the world, the person who's in the highest status is the greatest. But he says in the kingdom, the greatest is the most humble, the most lowly, and the most servant-hearted. That's a profound thing to say. How can Jesus say something so seemingly ridiculous in the natural world? Because that's not how the natural world works. Well, it's because Jesus is the perfect example of the absolutely uh, upside down, the, the, the transformative and shocking nature of the kingdom of God. Right? He says in verse 28, he says, that you would be a servant or you would be the slave. You would take the lowliest position even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. Philippians 2, 3 tells us about this. The writer says, do nothing. He says to the believers, that's us. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. The brother who was saying right here, you know, I, I always thought I was serving in this way, but now I know really what it means to serve others. I love that. That was so good. It says, look to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He says, Christ Jesus, right, who though he was in the form of God, 
did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but instead emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. It says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It says, therefore, now God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. We just sang that song, right? Your name say it all. So that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. See, this verse, I think this messes with us as the Western church. It definitely messes us with us in our world. But even in the Western church, because in the Western church, even we picked up some worldly habits where we've said, the greater you become, the more detached from all of the peasants you must become, right? Right, ministers, we do this. The greater you are, the more VIP you need to be and therefore the more detached you need to be. As if the word minister at its root doesn't mean serve, it does, right? So the greater you are, someone just shared with me, uh, my brother Marcus shared with me a video about churches having VIP sections. And I'm all about, I'm pro-security. So if you got somebody who's going to get mugged at church, maybe help them out so they can worship Jesus too. But there are four ministers who are set apart and different. And I just want to tell you, like, I, I, I don't understand that. Because it's not greater hierarchy in the eyes of the world. To be greater in the kingdom is to be more of a servant, to be more accessible, to give more, to love more, and to say just like Jesus, I will humble myself even unto death, and I will trust God to exalt me. See, this messes with us because we think, listen, I need to get more so I can be bigger and better and more separate and more spiritual. And Jesus did literally the exact opposite and then looked his friends in the face and said, you're going to be, you're going to be, I don't know, swayed or try to be tricked to do, to do what the world's doing. Don't do that. Do what I did. Humble yourself. Sit with people. Love them. Like, what if they're mean to us? Oh, no, they're going to be mean to you. It's going to happen. They're going to curse you and mock you. And they're like, that doesn't sound awesome at all. And he's like, don't worry. You're going to be blessed. This is what I love about Jesus. Jesus does not ask us to do something that he hasn't done. But he does command us to do what he has done. Did you know that if you're a follower of Christ, Jesus has set the example, but then he has commanded us to follow the example. If you want to follow me, you must do this. Christians, we get confused. We say, no, it's Western church. That means my church attendance. That's the condition of following Christ. No, it's Western church. That means the scripture in my bio. That's the condition of following Christ. No, it's Western church. I grew up with it. That's the condition of following Christ. And Jesus says, no, I gave you the condition. In fact, I was so serious about it. I had him write it down. <laughs> he says, if you then, Jesus does something special. And, and, and again, like I said, Jesus doesn't ask us to do something he hasn't done. So let me give you an example. John chapter 13. Somebody jump in your Bible to John chapter 13. If not, don't worry. The words will be on this tiny screen behind me. <laughs> I don't know if that helps you. I can't read it. I'm this close. So I don't think you're reading it. We'll get there. Don't worry. John 13, ready for this? It says, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, Having loved his own, meaning the disciples, who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. It says, during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, 
It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God, Jesus rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Okay, pause. This is meant to freak the people of the day out about Jesus. For us, like, if you've been around church, you're like, oh, I'm, maybe you heard this. If you're new, you're like, nobody touched my feet. That's weird, right? So I don't know how you're coming into this story, but let me give you some cultural context for the story. The cultural context is that when you would visit someone's home, the lowest, usually a servant or a slave, would wash the feet of people who came in. Why? Because that job is awful. We're talking a sandals and dust society here, guys. I don't want you guys having to bear washing my feet, let alone if I was sandaling it out in the desert. But just imagine if we had dirt roads and you walked everywhere, then you went into a home, they would wash feet. And so part of that is that the person who would wash was the lowest person on the social totem pole. And Jesus willingly, follow me, willingly takes the position of the lowest place. He willingly, right, masters, rabbis, they would not do this. But Jesus takes the posture of a slave. Jesus, who was present at creation, who was there as the world is being spoken into existence. Are you with me? Jesus, right, almighty God in heaven, right, who could speak and command his angels and they could wipe everything out in a moment. Jesus, who is about to defeat literally death, hell, and the grave. Jesus, Jesus, not diet Jesus, full Jesus classic, it, right here takes the posture of a slave and everyone is down except Peter <laughs> verse 6 he says he came to Simon Peter who said to him uh, Lord do you wash my feet meaning please don't and Jesus answered him what I'm doing you do not understand now but afterward you'll understand Peter said to him you shall never wash my feet Jesus answered him if I do not wash you you have no share with me Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, all right, dude, calm down. <laughs> Come on, where are the Peters at? You know what I'm talking about? He's like, then dunk me, God. And he's like, bro, chill, we're at dinner. <laughs> Jesus said, and the one who's bathed does not need to wash Peter, except for his feet. I'm making a point, pay attention. It's completely clean. You're clean, but not every one of you, Judas. For he knew who was to betray him, and that's why he said, not every one of you. Now think about this for a second. Let's take attendance. Peter, here, definitely here, right? John, here, definitely here. Judas, who's going to betray me and have me brutally murdered in one of the most historically brutal fashions of murder, also here. So Jesus washes the feet of the man who he knows will have him murdered very, very, very soon. Think about that. He doesn't skip him. That would have made a point right? That's a whole other sermon about skipping people. We don't skip people, right? Here it says, verse 12. When he washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? They said, nope. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. I said, if then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly. Remember I said last week when he says that, pay attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. That's a powerful scripture right there. Didn't I say Jesus told us? He said, you called me Lord and master, meaning like you're saying, I'm choosing to follow you. I, I'm gonna follow you, Lord. I'm gonna do what you do. See, he's not just a teacher. He's the Lord and master. He's the great rabbi, meaning that disciples do what their Lord and master does, right? Students listen to what their teachers say, but disciples do what the one they're following does. He says, so if you are my disciples, then you ought to. What does the phrase ought to mean? Then it is necessary. Not it would be nice to, but you ought to. Meaning it is a likely necessary condition of our relationship that you would do as I have done, aka in the same way. He doesn't mean you have to literally go out and wash feet. That is not a cultural norm for us. But he says, if you follow me, then you ought to serve others, especially other believers. Instead of fighting for position, instead of thinking about yourself, instead of setting everything about you, even though the culture and the world around us says, your life is about you, everything is about you. He says, if you want to follow me and be blessed, then you must step down from your high horse and be a servant and be like Christ. See, serving others is being like Christ. Being like Christ is serving others. That's how it works. If you want to be like Christ, what should we do? You see, we weren't sure. If we want to be like Christ, what should we do? Right. If we want to be like Christ, what ought we to do? Serve others. But here's the thing. I want to encourage you that serving is not something God is saying you have, you have to do and it's begrudging to you and it's burdensome to you and the life of Christ is burdensome. I understand that we should fear God and therefore follow the things that he has commanded. I, I, not everything in scripture and in life can be this fluffy like God's an adorable teddy bear that we hug in every experience. But I want to encourage you that the life of Christ is a blessing and serving is not a, a burden. Serving is actually a blessing. Did you know that? Serving, people that don't serve, they, they don't understand this. They're like, that sounds exhausting. But people who do, do serve, like my buddy Stephen Frankie, I see you're so tall, you're in the back, there he is. Like you know, right, it is a blessing to serve people, Nicole. Like it is a blessing to serve. Now sometimes when you're going up to the moment of serving, you're like, ah, this has been a long day, I don't know if I have energy to do this. But when you do it, you're like, this is a blessing. Why? Because God made it a blessing for us. Verse 17, what does he said? He said, you know these things and blessed are you if you do them. Christians hear me we are blessed to serve that word blessed is the same as the Beatitudes where he said blessed are those, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the meek, right blessed are you when you're persecuted he's saying here you're blessed when you serve you're blessed here on earth in your earthly relationship but you're also blessed in heaven let me explain this is, this is important for us as a church to understand. The best we can ever feel is not in wealth, houses, vacations, sex, even though all those things are pretty rad. The best we can ever feel is when our heart is closest to God's heart. When our heart is most like Christ's heart. And again, if you've never experienced this, you're going to scoff at that and say, that's ridiculous. But let me encourage you, and anybody who has turned from the world towards Christ will tell you this is true. 
and, and tell you that they wish they could go back and tell themselves before they found Christ that all that they were pursuing would never fill that void. It sounds crazy when you've never experienced it, but when you've experienced it, it sounds crazy to go back. And they say, listen, to truly reflect the heart of Christ is the best you can ever feel. And in eternity, we're going to feel it every day being near to God. But right now here on earth, serving is when we are most like Christ. So it is the greatest moment and one of the most blessed feelings that we can feel. When I teach people again, they, they, don't, they don't believe me. And I just encourage them. I say, try it, try it. One of my favorite clips, in fact, Ben, you guys can come up. One of my favorite clips of the show is, is an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How many of you just love Mr. Rogers? It's a cool dude. Again, I, this is not a deep dive into his biography. So if you text me later, you'll be like, here's something from his past. It's not the point of this. Catch the point. Right? I hate when people do that. Pastor, did you know Mr. Rogers in the 70s? I, I don't care. This is the point of the thing. Listen, he who has ears, let him hear. <laughs> There's a great moment where in 1969 when, uh, when, when blacks and whites were banned from swimming together that Mr. Rogers invites the postman on a hot day to, to come and to, to swim with him. But really, when you watch the clip, it's so beautiful because what happens is it's this long moment where he's sitting with his feet in like a kiddie pool. And he has the postman who's black come and sit next to him and he takes his shoes off and he takes his socks off and he puts his feet in. And if you miss, if you, if you, if you blink, you'll miss it. But Mr. Rogers takes the hose and he begins to wash his feet. So he's washing his own feet. Then what does he do? He goes to the person next to him and wash his feet. And this is, this is culturally so crazy. One thing that, that it, there's a lot of things about this, but I, I won't go into it. I just want to make the point here that the world had a hierarchy that he defied because he set about to express kingdom in the best possible way, because screw racism. And in that moment, there's nothing better. None of you know how much money Mr. Rogers had. If you did, that's kind of weird, right? A lot of you never even watched his show. But there's something about that moment that you can go, wow, that, that is Christ-like. And him as someone who knew, knew what he was doing. Not only was he bathing, he was washing, he was serving someone that the world said you shouldn't even be near, you shouldn't even share water with. If that's not Jesus, I don't know what is, right? Jesus goes and he shares water with the Samaritan prostitute. The person that people say you shouldn't even be near, he engages in a life-changing moment. Tell me that's not blessed. Tell me that's not a blessed life. Tell me that's not a legacy for your children, right? Your kids don't care what you advocated for on the internet. Your kids don't necessarily care how much wealth you have. It might be the biggest problem in their life anyways. The legacy that we leave for our kids is the legacy of a blessed life through serving. Man, you want a truly blessed life? You want a truly blessed eternity? Serve others. I know, I know in our brain, we got all this other stuff. Listen to me, serve others. Serve others. How? Okay, let me give you three quick things. These are so fast. Not pastor quick, like actually quick. First, because we're going to pray. We're going to have a time at the end 
where we're going we're gonna to continue. I feel like God has begun to ask us to seek for healing and transformation. And so we're going to pray at the end. Again, I said it's totally unrelated to the sermon. We're going to pray that God will begin to heal. And we've been seeing it happen here at the altar. So we're just going to keep it going. But I want to give you these three real quick. Ready? First, ask for a servant's heart. Ask God to give you a servant's heart. See, you thought you had a way out because you're like, well, this is not really how I'm wired. Exactly. <laughs> Ask God for a servant. Christ had it, Philippians 2. He said we ought to have it, John 13. And he said it's the key to greatness in Matthew 20. See, our flesh is selfish. You're like, no, no, it's not. Trust me, I have kids. The flesh is selfish. From birth, they're selfish. You're like, my child is perfect. That's not what their teachers say. The spirit is at war with the flesh, Scripture tells us. It's at war with the flesh. Why is it at war? Because the spirit wants the things of the kingdom and the flesh wants the things of the world. So we must seek the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to give us a servant's heart. Say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. When was the last time you prayed that? God, break my heart for what breaks. God, help me to see people, to truly see them. And John 14 tells us, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. What was this condition that you ask according to my will? And he promises in Luke 11, he says, listen, if you as, as even evil people who need redemption from God, you as earthly fathers, if you give good gifts, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Listen, ask, ask. I don't, I don't, it's hard for me. I struggle. I struggle with people. Listen, ask. I know, but I, it's hard for me. I'm really, ask. See, the Spirit does all the hard work. The Spirit unites. The Spirit guides. The Spirit teaches. The Spirit reveals. Our job is to say, Holy Spirit, give me a servant's heart. Remove pride. Remove fear. Give me perspective. If you want to receive that this morning, I'm here to tell you the Lord will give that to you. Give me a servant's heart. Second thing, I told you there quick, take a servant's posture. Jesus washed feet. That's a servant's posture. He chose it. It was not forced. Why? Because love coerced is counterfeit. You gotta choose to love others. If someone forces you to do it, if you feel guilted by this sermon, it's not real. It's gotta be a choice. Here's the question I ask. Do I take the initiative to serve? In my neighborhood, am I the guy who takes the initiative to serve? In my kid's school, in my friend group, in my marriage, do I take the initiative to serve? Do I expect to be served or do I take the initiative to serve? right now in your life? Might just be a simple question, where can I serve? If you're unsure, you're like, where can I serve at Banner? Man, we have next week party with the pastor and the week after Serve 101. We'll show you exactly where you can serve. And it might not be your landing place. It might not be the place you go. It might just be your launch pad. And that's okay. We want to be a part of that. How about Teen Challenge, right? You can literally go out. They have a table, all of these guys. Love the block. You want to come into the community with us as we step into these outreaches. Come talk to me. We want to help you. But it might just be something simple, and that's my very third thing, very last thing, I promise. Start simple. I know it's a very spiritual point. Start simple. There's a Christian tendency to overcomplicate, overpromise, and underdeliver. We've got a bunch of Christians who are overeducated and underutilized. Pastor, I know so much, I've heard all these words, and how come your neighbors haven't? You thought it was a flex. Turns out it was an indictment. Pastor, I've heard these messages before. Great, then how come your family hasn't? 
Come on, brother knows. Thank you. That's why you guys got to come teen challenge. Somebody knows back here. Everyone else was like, you know, that's what's up. Here's a simple one. I love this one. Hospitality. Share a meal with somebody. Find somebody in your home. We got a bunch of people who are lonely in this city. This is a lonely city. Everyone's from somewhere else. I'm wearing a Seahawks jacket, right? Like I'm not from, right? We're all from somewhere. It's like 2% of our church is from Arizona. That means you don't have traditions. You don't have family. You don't have backup. You need someone to invite you into the home. You need to invite someone to home. We got some people who are so good at that in this church. And I just want to encourage you, man, it breaks down walls. We say that distance creates dissonance. Bring somebody near this week. You don't have a home or maybe you're like, ah, I'm a single woman. That might not be the best. Go out to a park or a restaurant. How about Unite Phoenix? You see us post about Unite Phoenix all the time. Unite Phoenix gathers together ministries from all over the valley. Just spend one Saturday a month going to one of those ministries and finding a place to serve. Go to Harvest Compassion Center. Go out into uh, the the different ministries that love on the communities, underprivileged communities. Just go out and love on them. Come to the Christmas toy giveaway. We just made that sign up live online. I'm just giving you options here. Start simple, pick something. If you say, I'm going to change my whole life and do all this, and man, it's hard, but just start simple. I know you're busy. I'm not trying to make you more busy. I'm just trying to equip the saints and say, listen, there's so much good out there. And listen, if you don't just jump into something simple, you're going to fill that time slot with something else. But begin today by just starting simple. Simple might be giving to kingdom builders. You're like, I don't even tithe. Well, we'll deal with that too. But give to kingdom builders. Pray as a family. God, what are you calling us to give above and beyond? God, what are you calling us to see the gospel advanced? Some of you are like, man, I work nights. I can't make those events. Listen, give to kingdom builders. Be a part of what's expanding. If you start simple, you can start today. But I want to encourage you. Man, it's a blessing to serve, but it begins. Ask for a servant's heart. And as you receive it, take a servant's posture and just start simple. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for two things this morning. As you're standing, bow your head and close your eyes with me. This is going to go quick because we're going to do an altar. And when I do altar, I want to encourage you to be released. And at any moment when we're doing altar time, you can go. That sounded worse than I meant. I meant we love you. We have cake for you outside. (laughs) That sounded so aggressive. Sorry. That's my Peter coming out. Disciple Peter. (laughs) it's only going to get weirder guys get ready it's only been six years there's at least a dozen more of these left but I want to encourage you on your way out you're going to grab one of these cards and take it and pray about it and and believe with us for what God's going to do so you're going to take your connection card and you're going to drop it and then you're going to pick one of these up and you're going to take it with you and just discover some more just pray about it God what, what are you leading our family and commit to that as a church. But I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I I thank you for this church. We long for a servant's heart. If you're here today and you'd say, God, would you just begin to give me a servant's heart? God, I've been a little overwhelmed, maybe, maybe just busy. This hasn't really been on my mind, but I really long to just step into the blessing of serving. Would you help me, Holy Spirit, and give me a servant's heart? Would you lift your hands with me this morning? Say, God, give me a servant's heart this morning. This isn't about the kingdom of the earth, the kingdom of men. It's about the kingdom of God. God, give me a servant's heart. I want to pray for you this morning. 
God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you reveal the heart of Christ to every person right now who's lifting their hands saying, God, give me a servant's heart. God, would you reveal the heart of Christ, the heart that transforms, the heart that goes, the heart that says, I'm not just adding something to the schedule, I'm changing my thinking to see people different, to see opportunities different, to see moments different. God, I just pray right now, pour out your spirit like never before. Pour out your spirit that we would begin to bring people in to our homes and into relationships. That you would awaken hospitality like never before. God, that you would open eyes to not try to be the greatest in our homes and our workplaces and our schools, but to step down at the hurting and the broken and begin to minister with the truth of the gospel. God, we pray pour out your spirit. Just invite him right now. Holy Spirit, we pray pour out your spirit like never before. Make us servant-hearted like never before. God, shake away the things in our life that we've clung to that keep us from loving others well and stir it up within us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. If you're just in agreement, God, give the church a servant's heart. Would you just say amen with me this morning? Amen. Here's what we're gonna do this morning to close. We're gonna do this got Pastor Barry and my team here. Here's what I want to say is that this is a moment we're going to step into of altar. At any moment as you're worshiping, you are released to go have cake of a good time, do whatever. But we really believe that God is moving and healing and power in this church. And so we've ended every week just praying and believing. So if you need God to do a miracle in your, in your body, in your mind, in your family, in your marriage, whatever it is, or you want to stand in the gap for somebody today who you know needs a miracle, I'm just going to invite you. I know this is bold, so thank you for trusting me. I know service is 1130. Thank you for being patient. But I'm just going to invite you. If you're saying, God, I need a miracle, would you just come forward right now? We're going to pray for you. God, I need you to move in my life. It's okay. Someone's going to go first, and then you're going to feel okay with it. God, I need a miracle in my life. And when you feel that, just, just come now right up front. And prayer team, as they come, would you just come around them as they come forward? You guys can come all the way up. Make space here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's what's going to happen as you're coming forward. If you're one of the people coming forward, our team's going to come around and pray for you. And then they're just going to ask you. They're going to say, what is it that you need prayer for? They're going to just have a conversation with you. What is it that you're praying and believing for? Uh, and, and as they do that, just share with them. And they're going to ask, okay, let's pray. And if it's a physical need, they're going to they're gonna inspect, say, okay, how are you feeling? If it's, a, if it's a stand in the gap need, obviously that's harder. You might need to make a phone call. I don't know. But we're going to pray and believe. But for those of you who are not up here, would you just reach your hands out just as one final act of unity? We're going to pray and enter into a time of worship as we flow out the end of our service here as before you go receive your card before you go do all that final act of unity here let's just reach our hands i'll begin to minister holy spirit we ask you right now heal holy spirit your presence is here we ask you move right now in this place we thank you that your presence is here and even as we stand at the altar, we ask, build the faith this morning, God, that we would not tarry, but that we would build the faith here in this place to believe for greater things and miracles. So God, we pray, just unlock the abundance of miracles this morning upon this place, upon this moment. God, we pray physical bodies healed right now. Would you just join me? Pray physical bodies healed right now in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that minds right now would be healed in the name of Jesus. 
God, we ask that marriages right now would be healed in the name of Jesus. The relationships that have fallen apart would be healed in the name of Jesus. We pray that by your mighty name, by your mighty name. Prayer team, would you just begin, come around, begin to speak and ask. Begin to ask, and we're just going to go into a time of worship. And as we worship, I encourage you, join in the worship. If not, I just say be blessed, be released, enjoy your day. We're going to spend time together. Grab some cake on your way out. Celebrate the sixth year of Banner, but let's worship this morning. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.